we got this marriage thing figured out. This is Writing in Real Life, a podcast about writing, publishing, marriage, and parenthood. I am me, and she is she, Cuckoo Kajoo. We're back. This is our 52nd episode. One year. Which, actually, we hit a year a little while ago, but 52 episodes would be one year of weekly episodes. But we had a couple weeks in there where we just couldn't record. So. I mean, everyone deserves a vacation now and then. Even us. Yeah. So, yeah, but 52, this is great. Awesome. Very cool. And for fans of DC Comics, 52 has a very specific meaning, actually many specific meanings. We'll put a link in the show notes. Oh, I'm intrigued. Eh, don't be. It's actually oh, not okay. that exciting. Oh, okay. So, how are you doing, Morgan? I'm good. Good. How it, are you? Happy Valentine's uh, it Day. It is Valentine's Day, yes. And and instead of canoodling, we are <laughs> producing podcast goodness for our listeners because we care that damn much. And because... Typically, we would have recorded last night, but someone <laughs> didn't feel like it. Yeah, yeah, that's never happened before <laughs> on, on your end of things. Usually, it's me, yes, dear listeners, who um, tries to delay our recording. I'm a procrastinator by nature. So, so am I, but for some reason, I don't procrastinate this. I, yeah, I don't think you are. That's funny. Oh, uh, I'm terrible. There could be a whole episode about like our self-perceptions versus how we are perceived by other people. We should do that. We should do we that. We should. Okay. But not tonight. Noted. Not tonight. I'm not. I'm not prepared to dive that deep into Barry tonight. <laughs> I, I just saw Deadpool, so I'm feeling very shallow. Ah, how uh, was it? That and that was not meant to be a pun. Uh, it was good. I liked it. Uh, quick, quick review. Great thumbs up. Very R-rated. Earns its R rating. Uh, do not take the kids to this mm. one unless the kids are are of the older persuasion. Yeah. I went with uh, a two good friends. And the child of one of them who is going off to college, so that was fine. But yeah, yeah, it definitely earns the R rating. Yeah, I do. I do just want to say it is Valentine's Day today. Yes. And uh, you went out for a date with someone else. <laughs> you know, I want to point out that when I was asked to go see the movie, I said, "Hell no, it's Valentine's Day. I can't do that." And you said, "Are you crazy? No, go have fun." I know. I know. Which is one reason why we work so well together. It so is. one of the topics of this podcast is marriage. Let's talk about that for a second. Because we don't talk about it a lot, honestly. We, re- we, we really don't. It, it, is, it is the toughest topic to talk about, I yeah. think, of, of the four that, that comprise the, the domain of this show. Um, wh- why the hell did you tell me to go to the movie? Partly because you spend three, at least three days a week, staying home with the baby. The other one and a half to two is my mom. And then the weekends are, you know, both of us slash right. me. And... You don't get, I feel like you don't get a lot of opportunities to go to an afternoon showing of a movie that just came out with some friends. So, Mm. number one, for for that reason, like, the opportunity came up and you should carpe diem as a parent whenever you can, really. (laughs) And um, number two, I have zero interest in seeing that movie. So, I feel like we have an unspoken agreement that when it comes to comic book slash superhero movies, like, just go do your thing. Right. Well, not entirely, though, because I think... You have liked the Captain America movie a lot. I do. I like lot. Captain America. And there's and... a new one coming out in a few months, and I think you're and I like Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, Iron Man's going to be in the Captain America right, movie, right, so yeah. that's why. But I'm just saying, yeah. generally speaking, you sure, know, sure for the, that kind of oeuvre of movie, yeah. like, I, it don't you don't need me to see it. But so. it's funny because I know a couple of years ago, I sort of felt like it was cool for me as a geek to say, you know, okay, these are my holy days, <laughs> like. 
I need to go see these movies the day they come out. Right. This is this That's is my this yeah. is these are my my uh, you know this is what I have to do, and uh, and that was fine. But now it's like like there's one of them every couple months now. Right. So I kind of feel like. It, it's ridiculous to do that now. Like, it would be like celebrating all the Jewish holidays, you know? Um, you, my, my, I don't my, know. My, my Jews know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but, you know, it or all the saints' days, if you know, for mm. the Catholics out there. Like, at some point, it gets a little ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it's one thing to be like, oh, sure, you know. Okay, this happens pa- twice like, a year. Got it. Passover, Yom Kippur. Okay, fine. Do what you got to do. But when it's suddenly every holiday, yeah. it starts to get a little ridiculous. So I feel like I should I, – I, I feel a responsibility to kind of pick and choose and say, okay, these are the ones I feel really strongly about and I got to see these the day they yeah. come out. Everything else, I'll wait and I'll figure it out. Um, but, you know, that was very, very nice of you. I mean, I, I feel – I mean, I know I'm I'm home with the baby just me three days a week, three and a half days a week. Even the days when your mom is here, I'm usually – of I'm course. usually home yeah. and I end up doing something of with course. the baby uh-huh. um, just because I'm here. Uh, but I don't know. Like, I feel like, I feel like, well, that's my job. Like I'm yeah. a dad. That's yeah. my, I'm the stay at home parent. That's my job. Yeah. So it's like, you know, um, and, and, and I feel like you don't get the breaks that I get because you're not home with the baby all day, but you are at work all day. Yeah. Which is not a vacation. No. Um, even though, literally, as we said on the last show, they sent you to freaking Universal <laughs> Studios to go play Harry Potter. So maybe it is a vacation. I don't know. You know, it's so funny, though, because uh, a friend of mine, of ours, who is a writer and a mom, posted on Facebook today some uh, some sort of joke about um, how when you are a mom, you basically never have your own meal because your food is always up for grabs by your kids. Yeah, see, so you you, you got to learn to guard your food. Man. You, you got to pretend you're a Ukrainian and the Russians are coming. <laughs> but so I commented and said, you know, it feels sometimes like the only time I get a meal to myself is when I'm at work. So, <laughs> so the truth is, like, in a very strange way, work is a break for me. Yeah. So, I mean, I get to leave the house five days a week and be an adult and not be thinking about the baby, right. baby things yeah. throughout the day. So, um, and it's, I'm not saying it's a break at all, but it is a it is a break from parenting in a way. Sure. So, oh, of course. So, you know, no, I, I don't get breaks the way that you get them. Yeah. But I also spend my days in different ways, and so I don't need the same kind of break that you Right. And, al- and also, you going to work is what you would be doing with that time even if we didn't have a baby. Right, yeah. Whereas, if we didn't have a baby, my days would be very, very different. Yeah. So I guess there's something to be said for that. And also, I mean, there have been times when you've said, oh, you know, some people want to get together, you know, and get dinner or drinks or whatever at night. And it's like, I, I don't think I've ever said, no, please don't do that. No, of course not. You know, I just say, yeah, go ahead and do it. Yeah. it it's fine. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I guess in a weird way, we're sort of both in the situation where we don't mind the other Going off and doing those things, yeah, even course. if it means some slight additional burden to us. Yeah. And yet, I feel like we're really good about making sure it's okay. Yeah. Even though, like, I guess I have a general sense that if I were to say, hey, I feel like going to see a movie, you know, tomorrow night with a friend, like, I could probably put it as, oh, I'm going out tomorrow night. And yeah. you would be okay with that. But I just feel like it's more... Uh, it's a courtesy. I was going to say, courteous and respectful. Yeah. And an acknowledgement of our shared burdens to say instead, do you mind if, yeah, you yeah. know, and, and give you the option guilt-free 
of saying, no, don't do that. Right. Please don't do that. Yeah. Even though you've never done that. And I've never done that to you. <laughs> is that what makes our marriage work? Like, is it, is it that, that mutual sense of, of treating each other with that level of courtesy? I think that's part of it. Um, I think that's what makes any relationship work. Sure. First of all, is, is that level of courtesy. I always think of, um, I knew a pair of twin, a set of twins. Who of course sisters, you did. Yeah. And frankly, they were best friends, but they treated each other like And I remember huh. always watching that relationship and being like, they're so rude to each other. Yeah. They're mean. They're petty. I mean, we were teenagers, so fine. But like... Clearly the nanotechnology inserts that all twins <laughs> have were, were glitching. <laughs> but I always think of like, you know, when Kelly and I lived together... If Kelly cooked dinner one night, I would say, A, I would say thank you so much for cooking dinner, and B, I would clean. Right. Which is, you know, what you and I do. Whoever cooks, sure. the other person cleans, and vice by, versa. By, by the way, just reminder for any new listeners, Kelly is, is Morgan's my... evil twin. <laughs> Again, I am actually the evil twin, but that's okay. <laughs> anyway, so, um, and I remember some some people have remarked on that before to me, yeah. about like, wow, you guys and your family actually, like, say thank you to each other, and you ask for things, and, right. and you don't demand them, and yeah. whatever. Um so I think that's partly just a, a personality thing that that certain people have anyway. And yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to claim the high road here or anything. <laughs> like, you have it too, obviously. Sure. Um, but I do think that sort of a lack of assumption with your right. partner is really important. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to assume that you are cooking, up, cooking dinner every night and picking up the slack and... Um, always going to be home if I'm not, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I remember I read a couple of years ago, I think it was either right before or right after we got married. And I wish I could remember where I saw this because I would put a link to it in the show notes. But the, the gist of this article that I read was that the single most important thing you can do in a marriage is say thank you. That's really good. Frequently. Yeah. And that really sort of resonated with me. And mm-hmm. I, I, I guess I feel like that's important because I think it's the easiest thing to do in a marriage or in any long-term relationship uh-huh. in which you cohabit, yeah. <laughs> cohabitate is to take the other person for granted. Exactly. You know, the other person always does the laundry and at some point you just assume he they or she will. will always do the laundry. Yeah. And, and it's actually okay if one partner likes doing the laundry or, or doesn't mind doing it less than you mind doing <laughs> it. That's fine for that person to always do the laundry, but you should acknowledge it. Right. And say, yeah. thank you. you know? And I mean, in our, we didn't exchange gifts this Valentine's day. Uh, well, because instead we got Hamilton I, tickets. I was going to say, I gave you a Hamilton ticket and you gave me a Hamilton <laughs> ticket. That's exchanging gifts. Um, I think the ticket, I think the seats are even next to each other. So oh, that worked, that worked out nice well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's like the but, gift of the Magi. <laughs> <laughs> but we did exchange cards. Yes. And you wrote in the card this morning, like, thank you. Yeah. I want to make sure I say it. Yeah. Thank you for yada, yada, tolerating me. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I do think you're right in that, um, that acknowledgement is really important. It's important just because as humans, every human wants to be acknowledged for right. the effort they're putting into something or, right. or whatever, but it's especially important when you're in um, some sort of long-term romantic partnership. And, and it's funny because I often, there will be times you'll thank me for some very mundane things that I do. And there are times when very I Very everything you do is mundane. Wow. Well, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> My heart was broken on Valentine's Day, <laughs> listeners. And... Anyway, you, you know, there are things that you thank me for where I think, come on, don't, you don't, you, no, you, you don't have to thank me for that. Just whatever. But, but, but that's a very fleeting thing. And then I realize as well, somewhere in the back of my mind that if you didn't thank me, eventually You'd that would, that would, I, I don't want to say annoyed. 
that would come to bother me at some mm-hmm. point, you yeah. know? So it's weird. Like there are things you thank me for where I think she doesn't have to thank me for that. Yeah. Like it's not a, like, it's fine. Like I don't, I don't need to hear thank you for these things, uh-huh. but I realize, you know what? If I never heard thank you, yeah, it would start to bother me. Yeah. And so it's probably better to say thank you too much. Than not enough. Agreed. There was a very compelling slash clickbaity headline that I read the other day. Just the headline? Yeah. <laughs> I did read the whole thing, which is unusual. No. Um, but it, I think the headline was something like, uh, my wife divorced me because I never loaded the dishwasher. It was something like that. Yeah. And it was a, a man explaining that basically like his wife's only pet peeve was don't leave dishes in the sink. Like mm. when you're done, put it in the damn dishwasher. Right. And he didn't. And she would call him out on it on a regular basis, and he still wouldn't change his ways because he kept thinking, that's stupid. Like, I'll get to it when I get to it, or whatever. I don't even know what his thought process was. Um, And eventually that built up and built up, and and he said, obviously, other things happened, but it all started with that, which was she had a very simple request. I couldn't honor it, and that finished us. And... Um, you know, it's the internet, so the comments were mostly ridiculous, but it was a lot of people saying, like, that's so stupid, you could, whatever. But it, it comes down to acknowledging. Right. And and thanking someone and, and, you know, taking someone's preferences, no matter how minute they might be, into account. Right. But right. I wasn't even thinking tonight, like, part of our bedtime routine with the baby is when I'm giving her her bottle right before bed, you are setting up her bedroom right. and cleaning up her dinner. Yeah. Those are things that... I mean, literally every night, because I see you in the kitchen as I'm feeding her her bottle, doing all of that stuff. Wait, you can see me all the way from the bedroom in the kitchen? <laughs> in our massive house. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> I didn't know you could see. I figured it'd be like a little tiny ant person, but okay, go ahead. New York living. <laughs> um, but anyway, but seriously, literally every night I'm thinking to myself, oh, so, that's so nice that he does that every night. Like, mm. and that's part of our routine, of course, but you don't even, like... Uh, and I don't thank you for it every night, but I, I do, I don't know, do I? I feel like I come out and I say thank you for cleaning up a lot of the time. You, I don't know. You never thanked me. <laughs> I didn't even know you noticed. <laughs> I thought maybe you figured fairies came down and cleaned up. No, but seriously, I do think of it literally every night. Yeah. Which is interesting. So. Well, it's funny because originally, you know, it, a, a while back, I would go to clean things up and you would shout from the bedroom yeah, I'll, I'll take care yeah. of that I'll get that and every time I would think to myself you know I could just chill out you could but it, it takes five minutes of my time and it just makes life easier for everybody it like, does. why yeah. not do it it just it means that as soon as the baby's down we can we're off well and you're off it means yeah. we're both you know as opposed to I, I I think I think I would feel like a douchebag if we put the baby down and then I went and flopped on the sofa to watch TV and you were spending 10 minutes cleaning up in the kitchen. Yeah. And this way we put the baby down and we can both flop down on the, on right, the sofa, right. you know? Yeah. And that's nice. Yeah. So why not? Yeah. So. Partnership, dude. Yeah. We got this marriage thing figured out. The whole, uh. 2.25 years that we've been doing it is pretty impressive. It just shows how expert we are. <laughs> okay. I want to move on. I want to talk about an article that I read a little while back that I sent to you and you had an immediate reaction to it. And this article was uh, called dumbass stuff. We need to stop saying to dads Ah. and we will put a link to this in the show notes. The, the gist of it was it was a a woman writing about how, um, 
she is tired of this, the, the cultural image that we have of the inept dad. She talked about how she was out with her baby and her baby was wearing some ridiculous mismatched outfit. And she ran into this, this woman who said, oh, daddy dressed you today, huh? And she was like, no, I dressed her today. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, daddy is not a babysitter. And the point of the article, she talked about, you know, he's just as stressed as I am and he is just as loving as I am and just as worried and just as involved. And can we please stop treating dads like they are a secondary parent? Mm -hmm. And that was the, the point of it. And I read this article and I thought it was interesting and I shot it over to you and you immediately fired back and said, Ooh, yeah. Are you offended by this? You know, by, by the, the image, the, the myth of the inept dad. And I thought, oh, this this would be interesting to talk about on the mm-hmm. show. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the truth is, number one, that image and that narrative, obviously, is decades in the making. There has been a bit I of would a, argue more than decades. Well, certainly, sure. yeah. But there has been a bit of a, a backlash recently over the past few years. Yeah. And, um, you know, people really talking about how that's that's harming to men. Right. Um, I think it's harming to kids, too. It is harming to kids. And also, it goes back to this idea that feminism helps men immensely. Um, And one of the reasons is, you know, you're not... As a as a sex, you're not idiots. (laughs) Well. Well. (laughs) But, like, you are perfectly capable of taking care of a kid. I, you know, I I think... I, I think the myth of the inept dad hurts men, obviously. I think it hurts kids. Yep. I also think it hurts women. Of course it hurts. Because I think when women internalize that, they come to think, oh, I have to do all the child rearing because I cannot trust my partner. And that's bad. And then, quite honestly, that just perpetuates it because because then the women are doing everything. So the men are standing there with their thumbs up their asses Uh going, I don't know what to do. My wife's handling it. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny because you... Again, you responded and said, does this offend you? And I realized I have a lot of feelings about this. A lot of thoughts about this. <laughs> like capital F feelings, like, right? Like, like I have a lot. Like this this one article really unlocked a really? lot of stuff. That and, and, and I'm not sure any of it is definitive. But it made me think a lot of things such as the whole idea that, that this hurts women as much as perhaps more than men. Um, but... One of the things I realized, you know, you asked if it offended me and, and the idea of the inept dad doesn't offend me. Okay. There are a couple reasons for that. One is that I'm actually difficult to offend. <laughs> um, I know that's not, uh, you're like, unlike 99.9% I was, of Twitter. I was going to say, I, I know that that's not sexy these days. I know that be, being easily offended is a claim to fame. Uh, I am, I am difficult to offend. I can be annoyed very easily, but offended is a whole different thing. Yeah. Um, so number one, I'm difficult to offend. Number two, I'll say it. There's something to it. I, I, I think there is. No, I, think there I is. don't yeah. think it's a matter of nature. I don't think men are constitutionally or genetically or biologically inept, but I believe that that is a social construct, of course. you know, as a patriarchal construct, yeah. we have developed into a society where it is easy for men to fall into that category yeah. of being an inept dad. Uh, so it's, that's another, you know, it's one more reason why it doesn't offend me. It's very difficult to be offended by something that is true, yeah. I believe, or at least partly true. Uh-huh. So there's that. Um, you know, there was an article, I think a year ago, that made the rounds 
and really annoyed a lot of women, a lot of mothers. Uh, it was a guy who was writing. He was a new dad, and he was writing about sort of how he was in awe of his wife. Okay. Who suddenly, I, you know, the, the most memorable bit of his piece was that, like, it was as though she had sprouted new appendages because she was handling everything. Uh, okay. She was keeping the house clean and taking care of the baby and sleeping five minutes a night. And, and he was just amazed by her. And there was a rebuttal piece written in the same style. And I got to say, the, the guy's writing was extraordinarily purple. Okay. Um, and, and a woman wrote a similar piece, you know, saying, you know, my wife suddenly has a vacuum appendage and yeah, this and that yeah. and the other thing. And th- the upshot being, yeah, jackass, your wife is capable of doing all that because you're not doing right. it. Get yeah. off the sofa and help her do it. But I will say, not, not to defend him entirely, but I was blown away after the baby came by... There was on your part, like suddenly it just seemed like you were capable of doing 10 times what you had done before. And I felt hapless sometimes sitting there watching you and going, how, how is she doing this? Like, like, I guess I could do all of this, but I don't know that it was an instinct in me that, that immediately came to the fore. And, you know, I mean, I did everything that I could, but I also know that there were many, many nights where... You know, I would sleep a few hours and wake up and you'd be like, oh, she was up every 20 minutes. I'm like, she was? Mm-hmm. Like, I had no idea. Part of that was because the bassinet was on your side of the bed. Right. And you, as we've talked about on the show before, had sort of a policy of as soon as she moved, grabbing her and doing something to keep her from waking up. Well, there is very much a biological component there, too, yeah. of I was so for the entire, I mean, mostly the first six months, but certainly the first year. Um petrified of something like SIDS. And I honestly just thought she was going to die at any moment. Right. So I didn't sleep. Yeah. Like even when I slept, it was dozing and and whatever. So, um, so there's certainly a, there's a lot to unpack here for sure. Sure. Oh yeah. Like I said, this opened up so many, made me think about so many different things. Yeah. I mean, one thing that struck me as you were saying all of this was, uh, this idea that women have never had a choice and have always had to do, more than their fair share, yep. essentially. Yep. Um, because men have always had the power and have always been able to sort of pick and choose what they did and didn't do. And and they've always had the built-in excuse, not yeah. always, but predominantly of, well, I make the money. I have right. to go to work. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, the baby's crying at three in the morning. I have to go to work in the morning, so you go take care of it. Yeah. But Which even, I'm not trying to justify. No, no, no. But, yeah. But also, I mean, it's also a myth that up until recently, it was only men that worked. Obviously, of women course, have been of working course. since the beginning of time. Of course, of course. Um, but predominantly in our culture, that was that was the prevailing... That's the narrative. Yeah, yeah. 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 But anyway, but um, there's always been a <laughs> to do that women always do because they just have to do it. That's right. part of motherhood, too, is just... Um, I don't know. But what you were saying about um, watching me and, and this article about um, the a new mom suddenly growing new appendages... Part of that truly, again, is biological because if you're nursing, like you are doing everything you normally would do in life and you have a human being attached, attached to you to you. Yeah. and that requires a whole bunch of other things as well. So, right. you know, whether it's nursing and pumping or pumping and doing whatever, you know, whatever. So it just like, there are literally hours per day where you are doing extra things right. in addition to what you already did. Um, so it's, it, I, I don't know. There's a lot to unpack here, but but yeah, that is a. I remember that article, and oh, I'm going to okay. go look at it again because yeah. I do remember, and I slightly remember the backlash to it, um, because it kind of feels a little offensive. Like, 
like you said, like, okay, dude, so instead of writing this purple article about how wonderful <laughs> womankind is, like, just get off your ass and pitch in. Right. And if everyone did that, we'd be in a different spot right now. Um, but I do, you know, I do know a couple and I, I admire them greatly and I adore them, but, uh, they have a very, un- they have a, a di- very different approach to parenthood than you and I do. And it is that historical approach of she is responsible for the kids right. and he is helpless. Right. And they both feed into that quite a sure. lot. And, um, and it's interesting watching those dynamics because I think it's not helping either of them and it's not helping their kids to see that either. Right. Um, and they're wonderful parents. It's just that sort of that it's a lack of trust, Yeah. you know? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sympathetic to the guy who wrote the article. I mean, as, as perhaps clueless as it was, because like, I get it. Like it is, yeah. it is awesome to see. And I mean, awesome, not in the dude, awesome, right. but in, in its original sense of, of awe inspiring, mm-hmm. you know, it, it really, it, it's amazing, um, to, to, to witness. And, and I think that that helps feed into this idea of the inept dad, because if moms are so good, <laughs> you know, it's like dads are like, well, what the hell am I? Like, I can't compete with this man. Um, and, you know, I, I remember when you were pregnant, like the things that, that amazed me the most were the, you know, like your blood volume doubling. It's like, stuff, yeah. it's like, what the, like, yeah. Jesus, she's a mutant. Like she's a superhero. <laughs> she's got powers. Like that doesn't happen to me. Yeah. You know, that, that doesn't happen to me when, when the baby comes, like you're the one whose brain chemistry changes yeah. and, and, and body chemistry changes. And that's actual DNA. Yeah. That's like, yeah. that's a really eye opening again, awesome thing mm-hmm. to contemplate. Uh, when you're standing there going, I haven't changed, you know, and you're like, oh gosh, she got superpowers. <laughs> I, I guess I'm the sidekick, you know, to put it in comic book geek terms. Oh, it's like, I must be the sidekick. She's got the powers. I'm the sidekick. I'm Alfred back in the back cave, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, but I, I think it behooves men, dads to, uh, to, to, to look past that and, yeah. and to try to overcome that. I will never forget. There was a hot dog commercial maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, time flies. I have no idea. Uh, but it was a dad and his son standing around in the kitchen, and I don't remember it verbatim, but the, the son said something like, uh-oh, I'm hungry and mom's not home. <laughs> and the dad was like, oh, no. And there was like, you know, dun-dun-dun, right. uh, all very dramatic music about what they were going to do here. Like, how is a dad going to feed his son? Oh, my God, that's never happened before in the history right. of humankind. So they microwaved a hot dog and all was fine. And, you know, the hot dogs, so easy. Even dads can make them. Right. Which was, was like the gist of the commercial. Yeah. And I just, like, that's so sad because I would never want, uh, like, I would hate to be a dad because think of what, think of what your culture is telling you. Yeah. That you are worthless and inept and stupid. Right. And that's a really <laughs> shitty thing for a culture to tell. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, I mean, I... I find it difficult to be offended by that because it is true in many cases. Yeah. And but it's true because we let it be true. Oh, no. I, absolutely. And I know you know that. Absolutely. I'm just saying, like, absolutely. And also, you know, we raise our sons to yep. to think the same thing. Exactly. Exactly. So, so I'm, yeah, I'm not saying there's no blame to go around. I'm not saying this comes from of nowhere. Course, no, of course not. Yeah. Uh, but, and it's also it's one there. of the reasons that I think we've talked about before. The studies show that um, it's really positive when a man... When a daughter watches her father do housework. Right. That has tons of rewards 
for that girl right. watching her father do that. So that's why I always feel good when I dump the baby on the bed and then dump some laundry on top of yeah, her. And the laundry. Yeah, yeah. And seriously, it's another reason, men, why you should be freaking picking up a broom every now and then. <laughs> Fine, I'll sweep. God, <laughs> get off it. All right, I'm glad we talked about that. I'm glad we talked about that. We'll put a link to the article in the show notes. You guys can all read it too. Uh, so let's talk uh, writing. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk. What's sure. going on? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. I'm. I've worked more nights than not this week, which is yeah, exciting. You, you've yeah. You've been grinding away. That's great. Yeah, and making good progress. It. You know, it's. It was funny because the first night I worked on it this week, it had been like two full weeks yeah. since I've been looking at this manuscript. And I spent like half an hour or 45 minutes, I don't remember, just sort of trudging through and the whole time thinking, oh God, I'm never going to finish this. I don't, I'm doing this all wrong. This is the wrong approach, whatever. Um, and the next day I made myself do it again and it like clicks the next day. Huh. And I remember thinking, um, once I was working, this is what happens with writing for me, which is that I'll look at something and it just appears completely overwhelming and it's like all these puzzle pieces that are never going to fit. Uh, and then if you just keep at it, eventually it just fits. Mm-hmm. And I've witnessed that with so many work projects, for example, or something maybe really long that I was working on, um, and just felt very complicated and, and unending. And then all of a sudden, literally just in the blink of an eye, I, I see it and, right. and I'm able to make all those pieces fit together. So that's how I felt with the manuscript this week, which is really Good. exciting. I'm almost done. Excellent. Yeah. That's great. There's a part of me I like... The other night I was like, should I sort of look ahead and, and map out how, like how quickly I think I'll be able to finish this. And then I was like, no, don't do that. I, like I'm just moving along. It, yeah. And it feels good. Yeah. That's good. How That's about you? Great. Um, I'm still, I'm still writing. I'm still working on the, the fantasy novel. Um, I'm going to put a time limit on you, dude. You're well, done. No, no, no. I mean, I, you know, I, I missed a day or two last week for a variety of reasons. Uh, and I just, I really, there's a point I just want to get to, uh, before I I call it quits on this and and move on to the other one. You said there's two more scenes you want to write? Yeah. 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 There's two more scenes. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll probably finish them up this week. Cool. Um, but, uh, it'll be good. I'll probably have about between 45 and 50 pages of, of this particular book and then I'll move on to the next one and, and see where that stands. Um, and that'll be good. It'll feel good. Um, you know, so it's a whole different genre for me. It's, it's a lot of fun and, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm having, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, I'm still teaching my class, which has another week or so to go. Uh, and once that's done, that'll free up some time for me and, uh, maybe I'll be a little bit faster with the other one. Um, but, uh, but no, it's all, it's all going really well. How, uh, what, what have you read? What, do you have anything recommended? Or are you reading anything right now? Do you know, I just finished a book that I didn't love. Oh, I hate so when that So it was a, um, it was a book that was co-written yeah. by a couple of people. And, uh, um, so it was not the voice of the author that I read it for. Do you know what I mean? Like Got, I read it so because was, a certain author. There was an author was you liked and they collaborated yeah. and it just didn't, it wasn't that authory enough. Yeah. 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 So, um, so I don't want to mention that, but, uh. But yeah, I just read that. And I'm about to start. This is very unusual for me. Okay. I'm about to start Shonda Rhimes' Year of Yes, which is a sort of positivity memoir kind of self-helpy thing from what I, I understand. I had no idea she had even written a book. Yeah. It's been on the top of the bestseller lists. I don't so, pay uh, But I also like, it came highly recommended by people whose reading values I very much admire and appreciate. Cool. So um, I'm excited to read it. Cool. Yeah. 
You? I've got I've got such a great lineup of books um, right now. People have been sending in ideas. I got three more suggestions wow. last week, um, and I've been going through. And some of some are okay, some are not. But I've got probably about four books lined up right now. Nice. Um, where I've downloaded the samples, read the samples, enjoyed the samples. So probably next week I will be able to actually start reading, and I will tell everybody what I'm reading. And I've you know, but still keep sending me. Keep sending me stuff. Keep sending me ideas because, you know, it, I've got like four books I'm going to read. That's yeah. not going to last me forever. I, I, I want more more suggestions, more ideas. Um, and uh, so far, people are doing pretty well. Cool. So, all right, everybody. Thank you for being with us for our 52nd episode for a year plus. We are grateful. And uh, here's to another year going down the road. Uh, you can follow us online. Come visit us at writinginreallife.com. Check out our show notes. Send us comments. Give us feedback. Tell us what you would like us to talk about. Follow us on Twitter at WIRL Podcast. And uh, check us out on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a rating. Give us a five-star rating in iTunes. And uh, that's it. We will see you again next week. Have a great week, everyone.